from the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu. Get these life-changing, inspirational, and spirit-filled books. The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage, and any other ministry product of his. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry product at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House Last Stop, East Legon. Reach us on telephone, plus 233 277 250420 or plus 233 249 393361. Email us revismila at gmail.com. Visit our website Grab your copies now and experience a change in your life. No more challenges, no more battle, because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle. And God said, after today, you shall rest from your battle, the battle of your marriage, the battle of your business, the battle of your finances, the battle of your sickness, the battle of your shame, the battle of your disgrace, the battle of your setback, the battle of the pains you don't want to forget. God said, you will rest from your battle. And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. When I converted from Islam into Christianity, when my life was even at stake, I was not afraid to hold God's Bible. So, so we, we just decided to switch. Hello, say switch. Say switch. <laughs> Matthew 28, 16 to 20. He said, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee. The 11 disciples went away into what? Galilee. To the mountain which Jesus has appointed for them. And he said, when they saw him, they worshipped him by some doubted. Some doubted. And he went over to say, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Do you love it? Do you want to have that authority? Oh, do you want to have that authority? You see, the secret to the power flow of God is holiness and righteousness. Your Christian boldness is based on your holiness and your righteousness. He said, go therefore and make, say make, say make. He said, go therefore and make what? Disciples, say disciples, say disciples. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he went over and said, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, what he's saying to them, which we call the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 16 to 20, is what we term as the Great Commission, which means that the church has an assignment. And the assignment of the church is to make what? Disciples, followers, students of the gospel of Christ Jesus. That is what a disciple may. I'll give you the detailed definition. But just to be a follower, a disciple, a student, a protege of a mentor. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? And he said, I am sending you to the world as a light, as a salt, to go and make protégés, to make, to make clones that is like me, to make, to make disciples or students that could exhibit who I am and can speak like I am and can talk like I am and behave like I am. And that is your assignment. My assignment as a pastor in this church is to be able to disciple you so that you grow into the image of Christ. So he said, go and do that. So anywhere we find ourselves, we are supposed to disciple. The question I want to ask you that, who is your soul? Who have you won to Christ? Last year, show me your soul. And this year, show me who you have won to Christ. Who have you spoken to Jesus about? Even inviting somebody to church. Which means that we are supposed to be aggressive in the world to snatch people from the hands of the devil and train them. You see, if you, you have a convert, you behave. I said, if you have what? If you have a convert, you behave. When you have a position, you misbehave. Because your convert is your disciple. He's looking up to you. And your ability not to fail is not about you, but it's about those who are looking up to you. So every time I tell people that anytime I appear on radio, on television, or anywhere, I don't appear there alone. Though I am Reverend Ismail about my capacity, you did not send me there. You didn't pay for it. You didn't do anything. But anytime I sit there, I don't see myself. I see you. Simple. Once they attach my name to head pastor of ICGC East Legon, I represent International Central Gospel Church brand. So anything I am saying on that airwaves, my mannerism, my conduct, my everything is subjected to the people I represent. Because I am an ambassador there. So Bible says you and I are ambassadors of Christ. And an ambassador is a representation of the home government and the system. That is why if you come to the security agents, they are what you call the coat of arms. The coat of arms which is the, on their spirit, on their uniform and everything gives them the authority that they represent the state. So they draw their strength and their power from the state. In the same way, you and I draw our strength and power from the state of above. Tell somebody you are supposed to have a disciple. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Give me verse 11. Go in. The church has become a, a talker. That is why people can gossip in church because you don't have work to do. But when you begin discipling people and winning souls and evangelizing and talking to your neighbor about Jesus, you have less. You have less worry about the shoe you never had. Or the husband you that is not coming. Or the children, or the or the clothing you are not even getting. You will not even think of going to marry an allergy to become a fourth wife. You will never be desperate because you see, you are consumed by the work of your father. And out of the service, the blessing will come. The husband comes, the child comes, the money comes, the job comes, the opportunity comes. 
I remember when I could get my job, the Lord was calling me to ministry. Early, immediately I got saved. He was inviting me. He was, the call was so strong. I said, God, I'm not going. I want to, to work. I want to have money and build you rather a church. God said, no, I need you. I said, I'm not coming. For so many years, I was wrestling with God. So in the midst of the contention, I remember I lost everything. And one day I was in the room crying and praying. I said, God, you just help me to get a job. A Sunday school child that I'm teaching was able to tell the parent without another way. I was in the house. They parked a car at a place and walked found out my house and got there. And the moon came to the Lord. That is how come I got employment in La Palm, Royal Beach Hotel. And up to today, anyone I worked with in La Palm that are still there, when you go there, ask them of Awudu, who was in room service then, they will tell you that the guy who has always been preaching, I could preach to my British, my British bosses can speak to anybody. When, they are, when I get there, they call me, they will not be able to say anything because they know what I stand for. Listen to me. It's not about what you say. It's about what you radiate. And I served there to the point that I could live and still go there and I can even have a whole discount and eat free from their restaurants. A good name. Some of you know, some of you think I don't have a good name. It's not a problem. And he said, and he himself gave some to be what? Apostles. Say apostles. The titles we are all looking for. Some prophets. Some evangelists. And some pastors and what? Teachers. We call this in scripture or in ministry, the fivefold ministry. Say the fivefold ministry. Say the fivefold ministry. It's identified with your five fingers. It can also be identified with your five fingers. The fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry. So in the fivefold ministry, you have the apostle, which is the thumb. Which is the thumb. The apostle has the grace to function in all the rest that we are going to follow. An apostolic grace is a grace that is able to break a ground. Can enter into a place like East Lego or anywhere and can break the ground and can build the church and the church can thrive and can be able to disciple people and can also operate in the prophetic and operate in healing and operate in prayer and operate in signs and wonders and operate in power. We say it's an apostle and could teach as well and can preach. So it functions in all the areas. Then from the apostles you move to the prophets. So the prophet comes after the apostle. The prophet is in his office. There is the gift of the prophet and there is the office of the prophet. There are a lot of people today who are operating in the gifts of the prophet but they call themselves prophets. The office of the prophet is totally different from the gift of the prophet. Somebody exhibiting the gift of the prophet is to edify the body, to comfort the body and to exhort the body. Sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it stipulates you the gifts of the prophet, which is a gift that anybody could be, which is prophesy, interpretation of tongues, which is, uh, 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 what do you call it, discernment, wisdom, revelation knowledge. So it is natural. You can be praying and God will open your eyes and you will see what your brother is going through. That does not make you a prophet. God is just showing you so that you can intercede for the person. Hello? You, somebody can speak in tongues and that person can be able to interpret the tongues that he spoke and which you call the diverse tongues. There is a, the tongue of devotion 
which is in First Corinthians chapter 4. That is the tongues we speak. But there is a tongue of prophecy. And the tongue of prophecy, when you are speaking it, it can be a Dutch. And when a Dutch person is sitting there, he will hear that you are speaking Dutch. When a Greek is there, you will hear that you are speaking Greek. That is why in the church, when we are speaking in tongues, it's not a diverse tongue. So you don't need to understand. Bible says anyone that speaks in tongues edifies himself. How be it? He's not speaking to men, but he's speaking to God because he's speaking mystery. So child of God, I cannot tell you what I am saying. You can call it gibberish. That is your own definition. But hear me, I am speaking mysteries to my father and your father who you have no understanding of because I am not speaking the language of men. I myself, I don't understand. But when it comes to tongue of prophecy, somebody helps to be able. Those of you who have been in this church, there was a day a guy came in here, we pray, and I said, the Lord should speak. We heard a word, and the guy spoke a long speech in tongues, and he said whatever. And then I gave you the interpretation of what the person said. We call it the interpretation of tongues. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter and others stood there, they were speaking not in tongues of edification, they were speaking in tongues of prophecy. That is why the Medias, the Persians, the Ananites, and all those that were gathered were able to hear what they were saying because God wanted them to know and be converted. Because I could not speak German, but I can hear you speaking German to me. Ah, I will believe that something is unusual. I, I know you cannot speak French, but in your tongues, you are speaking French. When you yourself, you don't know you are speaking French. And he said that, ah, we can hear them speaking our language. But when it comes to my prayer, my devotion with my God, and I am there praying, there is a time that when I'm speaking, my tongue has to change. And when that tongue changes, all that I am saying, I don't understand. But God knows what I am saying. So Romans chapter 8 says that the Holy Spirit himself, with groanings and pain, interprets our prayer according to the will of God. So somebody can tell you, and I had a dream. And can tell you this, it doesn't mean the person is a prophet. The office of the prophet is an authority. He speaks into nations. He speaks into situations. He can enter anywhere he steps. The place will open up. It doesn't matter what is there. Are you getting what I'm saying? He speaks to government. He speaks to authorities. He speaks when he says that, let there be this, it shall be. When he gets you anything, which you can call it predictives, when he predicts or speaks, you can accurately see it come to pass and happening. We'll go into that more details later. And the next thing is evangelist. The evangelist goes about, his main passion and focus is to demonstrate what we call the power gift, the gift of healing. Signs and wonders. Deliverance. He has a passion for God. We call him an evangelist. He does some of them in those days can mount crusades and, and do whatever. The bunkies and all those things, you can know them. They are evangelists. They don't have what we call a base or a church or whatever, but they just have the passion to go out there. They do more of missionary work. The missionaries, they can go to the hinterland, the rural areas, and the problems areas, and all those things, and be doing the service of God. We call them the evangelists. Their main aim is to win souls for Christ, but not to disciple them. So they win their souls and give them to the apostles to disciple them. And the pastors and the teachers to disciple them. 
the next finger, which is the third finger, oh, sorry, the third finger is the vine, the fourth finger is the pastor. The pastor. The pastor. The pastor does not only, there is difference between preaching and teaching. What I am doing is a teaching and I am preaching as well. In preaching, you interpret. In teaching, you break the word one after the other. You take your time to break it like I'm breaking the word to you. Hello? So the pastor teaches. So the pastor establishes people. The job of the pastor is to establish people. To make them grounded in the faith. And prepare them adequately for heaven. That is the work of the pastor. And then you have the teacher. The teacher is an office, a grace. But now I don't see the pastor combine the teaching grace as well. So I've already told you the teacher is able to make sure that the pastor what you call the pastoral heart. A, a, a pastor has a large and a big heart. To forgive, you can stamp upon him. You can poop on him. You can insult him. You can do everything. Hey, he's there. That is a pastor. The evangelist, the apostle, and the prophet, by the mantles they carry, they cannot, uh, excuse my language, they cannot handle certain stupidity for a long time. Because that is their assignment. That is why you see Paul having problem with, 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 Barnabas uh, over, 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 uh, what do you call it? Timothy. And over all those, and, and, and at a certain point, he has to be able to be sharp enough and said, listen, I cannot go with John Mark any longer because John Mark is unprofitable and John Mark have to go. But Barnabas, with the son of consolation, is a pastor. He has a pastoral heart. And he says, Paul, I know you are an evangelist and you are an apostle. So if you cannot take this guy, I want to take this guy. So he took John Mark and he trained John Mark and have a heart for John Mark and in the second journey of Paul to, to, to the churches, John Mark was now useful enough and then he was presented to Paul and Paul now can say that go and bring me John Mark because he's now useful for my kingdom Jesus. now we don't have pastors in the house so when you are in a church of an apostle and a prophet and evangelist, you should play a pastoral role of restoration. A pastoral role of discipline and order. So that the member and the church can fit together. And all these fivefold giftings operate in every church. It is not a position, it's a grace. So you might not be the one leading the flock, but you have that grace of a Barnabas. Am I teaching somebody here? And that is the gift of the church. And he said he was giving us this to do what? Give me the next scripture verse 12. For the equipping of the saints. To equip is to provide the necessary tools and the needed tools to function. To equip the saints. So if you rise up to a leadership position, you are playing any of these roles to equip. You have to equip your department. You have to equip the members. You have to equip whether from council level to whoever. You have an assignment of equipping. Equipping. If all of us begin to equip, the church will be more equipped. Anytime you see problems in the church, let's ask ourselves questions. What role are you playing? Equipping of the saints for the work of what? 
ministry. Listen to me. God did not save you and I to come and warm pews in the church. God saved us to do the work of what? Ministry. And what is the work of the ministry? I've given you already. Anywhere you stand, you are speaking of the goodness of God. Anywhere you stand, you are sharing the testimony of what God has done with you. For Bible says in Revelation 12, it says, and they overcame him by the words of their testimony and by their own life and they were not afraid to die. You are able to speak about the goodness of God, the glory of God. Since ever you joined the church, what has God done for you? You let somebody know. You let your brother know. You let your your friend know uh, what impact have you had as far as the gospel is concerned this is you speak somebody will hear it and the person also will be changed and you will save a soul this is how we do it is the work of ministry it is not only the work of the pastor visitation visiting praying for people speaking to them, encouraging them to serve the Lord in fervency, in spirit, and in truth. Not forming cliques. So it's the work of ministry. You are praying, God, give me an anointing. No, God is not giving you the anointing for yourself to bluff with. You see, every anointing that I carry, I am carrying the anointing based on the demand that you have. Oh, yeah, are you getting what I'm saying? So, I am an embodiment and a totality of your, the solution to your needs. Your wisdom to connect and to draw will solve your problem. That is the secret. For the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The body of Christ needs to be edified. People have to be liberated. People have to be happy. People have to be excited. On Friday, we have an explosive time in the house and in the presence of God. There, there was the power of God at work. There was the joy of God at work. There was healing. There was so many things taking place in the presence of God on Friday. Because why? The Lord visited us. Because when you prepare for God, God will show up. So that is the edification. I believe you all left here fulfilled and excited. Those of you came. To those of you who are not around, you cannot be able to reconcile what I'm talking about. Until you were present, then you will understand. He said, till we all come to the unity of the faith. There is a unity. There is a, a congregational point. That is why we are congregation. We congregate. You came from your home. I came from my home. We all gathered together. That is why it's a congregation. He said, until we all came to that unity of faith. And of the knowledge of the son of God. Who is Jesus? On this journey, we will encounter who really Jesus is. What is salvation? What is baptism? What is the gift of the spirit? What is the fruit of the spirit? We will experience all those things. So that when you are speaking, you will not speak as a child who only heard, but you know. And you will not be tossed about with every wind of doctrine. And he said to a perfect man, say perfect man. Tell the person, God wants you and I to be perfect. So I'm not perfect. Oh, yes, God knows you are not perfect. But he said we should work at our salvation with fear and trembling. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Say, God desires for you to be full of him. Tell the person, God is out to be full of him. 
So that is the essence and the assignment of the church. Ask somebody's team, what role are you playing? In this church, we can say that almost about 70 to 80, if not 90% of you are here because I am here. And my relationship with you. It's simple. But it shouldn't be that way. In perfecting the saints, everybody has a role to play. Because we all influence people differently. And remember I said we are influencers. But we have to be positive what influences. If we want Yahweh temple to grow and explode, we can do it. It is not the work of the pastor. It is all of us. If we want order and discipline to be in Yahweh temple, it is not Pastor Ismaila speaking about it every day where you even get offended and have a problem. It should be a, a call and an agency for everybody that we want our church to emanate some excellence and order and discipline. So when my brother is not doing the right thing, I bring him to order and I correct him and we move on. Because Bible says we should correct in love. Not hypocritical, but truth. To create a balance. If my sister or my brother has a challenge, I should be readily available and say, you can trust me. And you stand with the person in prayer and encourage the person to go through. Not hearing some of you itching ears. Uh -huh, what is going on? Uh, can I hear? Because you just want to have information. My mother called them telephone bar wire. How many of you understand how I was here? Telephone bar wire. In other words, telephone. A telephone doesn't have a wire. You try it before you see it's gone. And a lot of us are telephone bar wire Christians. All that we are interested in here. We don't want to report the good news. We want to be the carriers of bad news. And yet God called you to be a carrier of good news. Tell somebody God called you to be a carrier of good news. And not the bad news. Amen. Are we on the same page? Christian growth and maturity. It's not easy. Is it easy? The Greek word for a disciple, I'm checking my time. The Greek word for disciple is mathetis. Mathetis, which means one who learns instruction from another. One who learns what? Instruction from another. It was used in the secular Greek world for an apprentice to a tradesman. That's why I said that a disciple can be a protege. A protege is learning from a mentor. Are you there with me? A student learns from a teacher. So if you are a disciple, all of you here are my disciples. You are my student and you are in my lecture room. So every Sunday when you come, you put on your thinking cap, you get ready and I instruct you. And I also sit in the latter room of the Holy Spirit and he gives me the word to come and release it to you. That is how it is. So I am also being mentored and I'm also following. So Paul can confidently tell Timothy that imitate me as I imitate Christ. Because Timothy was the protege of, of Paul. He was the student of Paul. So Paul is saying that Timothy, for you to have a best example, look at me. 
because I am leading you. So if I am teaching about Christ, then I should exhibit Christ. Are you following me? That is why Paul put it this way again. He said, it's not for everybody to become a pastor. Because we set the standard for others to do what? To follow. So in your dressing, I remember when we were teaching Sunday school, there was one teacher who has been dressing. Whenever he's dressing, he wears his suit. He will pull his, his trousers too. And I, one of the children went to, when he was dressing, and he put the, the, the trousers. The other said, no, you don't dress that way. He said, no, I want to be like, I'm not mentioning. He said, I want to be like teacher this. And, and so, because that's how he dressed. Because you are a role model. Prophet Tano was sharing something. That in those days, they have to go into the Achimoto forest to pray. And in that place, you have mosquitoes, you have ants, you have everything. So, you cannot stand still. So, whilst you are praying, you have to be, to be banging your feet for the things not. And sometimes you throw your hands to clear flies and all that. And, 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 and over a time, it, you know, when you do something for a long time, it stays with you. So, anytime they are praying, they will be banging and then they will throw it. But it's happening out of necessity. Now, somebody looked at them and you think the anointing is in the stamping and this way. So, he said, I also want to pray like him. So, when they are praying, they are stamping and they are doing this. Theological experience and exposition shows that the people that do not wear shoes to church is not only about a Moses uh, uh, encounter with the angel, but the owner and the founder of that church, the size around that time, you cannot make shoes to fit a certain leg size. And around that time, the size was size four, so he cannot wear any shoe. So he decided to go barefooted. They looked at him and said, ah, once he goes barefooted, we can also dress barefooted. And he became a doctrine. Hello. So, leadership has the tendency of influencing the behavior of the congregation or the people you lead. That is why everybody cannot. So, I can, I can choose to wear raffetis or whatever and write in my jeans and everything and enter in here, yo, yo, hey, man, guy, man. But you see, if I want to create that excellence, I have to dress and look good to represent you as your image. When I appear on television, I appear anywhere, I have to speak well because I am a brand for you. Simple. The first lady cannot just dress anyhow. Because you see, she is not representing herself. She is representing the women of Yahweh Temple. So anytime she appears, whether you like it or not, that is how it's supposed to be. So anytime she appears, she has to appear with that image in mind. So necessity is placed upon us to show a certain kind of excellence and order. So that when he brings your friend to church and he looks at your pastor and says, wow, your pastor looks cute. That is it. Who takes the glory? You take the glory and the joy. So it's one who learns from another. Tell somebody he learns from another. And this learning is not only by what we say, but what we do as well. It's very, very important. Not only what we say, but what we do as well. There are people who can look at you and say, Ah, do you say you belong to ICGC and you are doing this? They're not asking you are doing this because they can look at Dr. Otabel and look at the way he does his things and expect you to behave the same way. 
If I say, hey, why would they say no, no? It's not about what we, why are they saying that. They are measuring you with a standard. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, when I step here and I say step there, step there. When don't step here, don't step there. So you take counsel, no matter your age and your size. Paul is saying, imitate me. Imitate me. Because if you are blind and you are leading people, they will fall into the ditch. It's simple. And there is no way you cannot take the instruction of your superior, your commander, and expect to be able to win your battle and get to your destination. And he said, a disciple was not only a people, but an adherent. It's not a people, but an, an adherent. Hence, they were spoken of as imitators of their teachers. They imitate their teachers. And in the Greek philosophy world, the Plutos, the Aristotle, and everything, they have people who were like that. And they were learning. You go into the Greek synagogues, and that was what they were doing. Every Christian is called to be a disciple of Jesus. And this means they will follow Jesus and put their claims of Jesus first in their lives regardless of the cost to themselves. So a Christian disciple is a person who is determined. Say determined. Determined. Who is determined to follow Jesus Christ with the desire to learn from him and live according to his example. Live according to his example. What example are we living according to? Is it the Jesus example? Or your own example. What example can we show to the world? Who are we in the eyes of men? Are we really the salt of the earth? Are we really the light of the world? Think about this. And I'll meet you on Tuesday and Sunday. God bless you. very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Legon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastlegon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435. You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you.